Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Clean Slate 18? That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcast should have a theme song. Podcast should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. How? Here we are. Clean Slate 18? Yes. Are you kidding me? This is real. This is actually happening. We made it this far. Wow. I have eight topics that we both selected. It's not like I, a lot of times I'll like surprise you, but this time you started looking before me and sent me a bunch of them and I said, these look great. I added a couple more. Um, we, we normally have a thing where people will suggest, like the same people will suggest a lot of clean slate topics. So we'll wind up having the same person's name show up two or three times in a single episode. Not the case this time. Eight different people, eight different topics. Wow. Well, you know what? It's nice to spread it around a little. That makes yeah. me happy. You all get love. Uh, let's let's jump right in. Let's, let's do it. This slate. All right. Uh, yeah, I think that people will be able to tell also that I picked some of these because there's some weird ones in there. Oh, here's a fun game for all of you at home. See if you can figure out which ones Mark picked and which ones I added. <laughs> there are only a few that I added. I think I added, uh, let's see. Three or four? I added three of them. All right. Let's do this. All right. Up first, Jello or Pudding. This is from John Rondello. John Rondello asks, Jello or pudding? Yes. First thoughts, Hal? I don't like pudding. <laughs> because it's. Do you like it, Jello? I do like Jello. Yeah. I like a good Jello, although here, here's the exception. Okay. And I feel like this might make me weird. The only pudding I like mm-hmm. is rice pudding, which is the grossest looking of all the puddings. I guess I, I get confused with rice pudding and tapioca pudding because they both have, you know, gunk in them. Yeah. So I guess yeah, pudding yeah, is yeah. just gunk in and of itself, but it they is. have like, there's texture to it. It's like flavored mucus. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Now rice pudding usually, it's a tapioca or rice pudding that has the very specific like vanilla-ish flavor with like nutmeg or something on top of it. You know what I'm talking about? It's like a very specific way of serving it. Uh, rice pudding, you put some cinnamon on top of it. Cinnamon, Maybe that's, that's what you're it. thinking Nutmeg. of. And it'll have raisins in it sometimes. That's rice pudding. Yes, that's rice pudding. All right. I actually like rice pudding. I don't mind rice pudding. I, I like I'm, a, pudding I'm Look, I'm a pudding guy, but pudding for me, you got to, you know, jazz it up a little bit. You got to put something else in there. Like for me, growing up in Tennessee, it was always vanilla pudding. I know some people use banana pudding, but we use bananas yeah. otherwise. Sure. So it's always uh, line a bowl with vanilla wafers. Sure. Mix, slice up some banana and mix it with some vanilla pudding yeah. and plop it into uh, into the bowl. Then put some vanilla wafers on top. That is, in my opinion, the perfect dessert. It's a very good dessert. I like it a lot. I didn't have it until I married a woman from the South. There you go. <laughs> What's her town called? It's uh Florala. Yeah, that's right. We're going to call Florella. it Florella. No, what's, I, it's, it's the border it's, town. It's, Ge- it's, re- it's the Georgia border, not the Alabama border. It's redacted. I can't, I will not say her hometown because who knows? Oh. Then it'll be flooded with people <laughs> showing up trying to have the banana pudding that I got to have when I was there. All right. What is her social security number? Sure. It's, uh, one, two, three, mm-hmm. Main Street. That's an address, Hal. 
Well, if you go to that address, you'll see her social security number is scrawled on the town sign. Ooh, what a Da Vinci code this is doing for Florala. <laughs> Watch out, the podcast is flooding. You don't have a lot of time. <laughs> Did a library flood in one of those? And I forget, I, like, I, I'm, or am I having a fever dream about Probably. it? Probably. Like, I feel like Da Vinci Code, National Treasure, Indiana Jones, all the adventure stuff, there's always something gets flooded. Where is this water being kept? Uh, in the, uh, that, that's what they're figuring out. That's the mystery. Do you don't remember Indiana Jones and the search for the water tower? Which is <laughs> yeah. weird because it's right there in the middle of the town and it's huge. If I'm an explorer or treasure hunter and I see that there's a water tower anywhere near where I'm going, I just don't go in. Or yeah. I go, listen guys, I'm going to get my scuba gear and put that on. I think that that's more, I think that the water tower, like knocking over and flooding mm-hmm. the town is more of a dinosaur problem. I did, yeah. did that happen in one of the Jurassic movies? I'm sure it did. I just remember like the 76 sign or I don't know. I now yeah. I'm starting to sound like an old man vaguely remembering <laughs> movies. <laughs> We're not here to talk about that. <laughs> We're here to decide between putting and, you know, we're not looking for secret social security numbers or banana puddings. And that's even like, I don't even think that wouldn't be a reason why banana pudding wins, right? No, because it's you need the, the cookies and the actual bananas. Yeah. The, the best pudding is pudding that has stuff added to it, except for like a good chocolate pudding. I really like that said. For me, Jello is unique. It's fun. It doesn't need anything else. It's mm-hmm. exciting. It's uh, exciting. That I feel like I'm, I should be like the one of those critics that just says things so that it will be on movie trailers. <laughs> you know those critics that you're like, oh, that guy from Ain't It Cool News loved it from back in the day. <laughs> um, dashing, a dashing yeah. escapade. <laughs> This, this strawberry jello. The other cool thing is you can cut it into shapes. You can cut it into shapes. For me, it's also that I can get sugar free jello and carb free jello. Yeah, but that's not, I mean, we're talking about desserts. I don't think, yeah. I don't think you pick the winner based on, I can get it without sugar. Well, that's, that's a consideration that I have. You can get sugar free pudding. Yeah, but it's still loaded with carbs because of all the cornstarch. Well, what are you going to yeah. do? Um, don't you, you gotta live don't YOLO. you dismiss my dietary needs? I would never. How dare you? I would never do that. I do think like I, I like Jello with some Cool Whip or whipped cream on it, but mm-hmm. I'm more likely to just I can eat it just as it is. I could make a whole packet of it, which fills a giant mixing bowl, yeah. and just eat the whole thing and enjoy. Like I enjoy it just as it is. It's really like it's fun to sort of swallow it whole. It's fun yeah. to let it dissolve back into liquid in your mouth. Like it's, I just find it a more pleasurable experience to eat it. And it is like a, a snack almost everybody can enjoy, although mm-hmm. it is not kosher. And it is, well, yeah, it's made of hooves. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, once you get past the idea that you're eating cow and horse feet, then you got smooth sailing. I mean, is that a, that's a strike against Jello is that it is not kosher and is made out of hooves. Yeah. That said, it has made many a person in a hospital feel better. Yeah. I think we got to go with Jello. I'm going to go with Jello on that one. Asked and answered. Asked for and sure. answered. There it is. Thank you for that one, John. Thanks, John. Next is uh, from Cassandra. All right, Cassandra, what do you got for us? Butcher, baker, or candlestick maker? <laughs> Wonder which one of us picked this one. <laughs> Will be a mystery, could be sealed, and. and, uh. and It'll be found at a later date. We'll never know for sure. This one made me laugh. Did you just like it because 
Because it's silly. I like the silly. silly ones. Yeah. Did you also have a thought about it? Sure. The baker. Clearly. Because he makes cookies. Well, yeah, he makes, he makes cookies they, and breads. Cookies, they, sure. be a woman or non-binary. They make cookies and pies and bread and all sorts of sustenance. The butcher does the same thing, but mm-hmm. you also have, if the, if it's just the butcher and not the chef, then you're still going to have to do some work cooking. The, you go to the baker and it's already done. You can walk out of the baker's bakery and just start gnawing on what you ordered. You can't walk out of the butcher shop and already be gnawing on what you ordered. And if, if you, you were, did, it would yeah. be, you would be, you know, uh, a bit, a bit a carnivorous wolf? for my taste. Yes. Sure. Perhaps, perhaps it's midnight on the full moon and you just went to the butcher shop and you were like, I need whatever raw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You had chained yourself down in the basement, but your yeah. heart wasn't really in it. So you were able to get out pretty easily. Yeah, exactly. And you then can you bounce were, back and forth. You were hungry, but you didn't want to have to deal with all the hair that yeah. comes from just taking a victim. <laughs> well, I'll just head over to the butcher. And also, there's a lot of vegetarians. Well, also, the baker, their place will smell the best. Oh, yeah. Like the candlestick, like just candle shot. I like a scented candle. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But if you go into a candle, go, try to go into Yankee Candle Company mm-hmm. at your local mall, if they still exist, mm-hmm. and breathe in. And then an hour later, when they wake you up, You'll know what I'm talking about and why you don't want to it's go to It's pretty strong. Place. Yeah. It's like Abercrombie and Fitch strong. Do those places have a, have a strong, I don't, they spray, they spray like a whole bottle of cologne in there every day. Gross. Yeah. It's a lot. I can't take it. But yeah, the candlestick maker, I think, you know, it's like the buggy whip industry. It's a little obsolete at this point. What? Um, we still use candles. It's not a, it's not a, it's not like a dead art. Yeah, but there's, but this, I, I imagine that this nursery rhyme goes back to the days when the candlestick maker was the only source of light for your home. Sure. Now you've got, you know, smart bulbs. <laughs> yeah, but it's not like the only people who use candles are the Amish. Just candles have a different purpose now. Now they're smelly goods. Yeah. <laughs> or, or for romance. <laughs> have you ever been to Smelly Goods Candle Shop at your mall if you still have one? Yeah, oddly, it smells terrible in there because it's too many. <laughs> they're like, here's an ocean breeze on top of apple cider inside of a pine cone. Yeah, there's something if you're if you want natural, delicious smells, mm-hmm. you got to go with the baker on yeah, this one. The baker asked and answered. Asked 100%. and answered. All right. Next up, Peggy Pierce asks. This is a good one. Okay. Indoor or outdoor concert? Ooh. I think I this one's going to take a second. This one's going to need some pro and con weighing. Well, I have a question about it. Okay. Let's say you go to a place that has like a band shell mm-hmm. and there's an area that has a roof on it. It's open air, mm-hmm. but it, part of it has a roof above it. And then towards the back, there's a lawn where people are picnicking. That's, that's an outdoor. Out- that's an outdoor concert. Of course it is. Okay. Well, what else? How, in what world is that an indoor concert? I don't know. I, some people will be like, well, you have a roof over your head. That's not, out, that's not really outdoor. It's like no. if you go camping and you stay in your car, it's not really camping. Yeah, or if exactly. you go to a local hotel, all of a sudden I'm not camping. <laughs> or if I just stay home, all of a sudden I'm not camping. Hal, like, that's weird. Hal, I'm telling you, you have not been camping any I of just, these trips. I don't want to be judged. <laughs> um, all right. Here I will say is let, let's do pros and cons. Okay, let's do it. Let's do the pros of an outdoor concert. Okay. You know, if it's a nice day, the sunshine, if it's a nice evening, the, uh, nice outdoor, like it's just nice to be outdoors. Like I like that. They're usually, in my experience, more varied. A concert, an outdoor concert seems to be 
and I, I shouldn't be speaking in generalizations, but I'm going to speak in generalizations. Right. Uh, more bands, because I'm usually seeing festivals or something. I like the space of being able to walk around, especially on a concert where it's got a lawn like that. A lot of times there are food trucks there. It just feels, maybe it's, you know, living in Southern California, we have them a lot. So it's, and it's a, it's just a nice, it feels special. What are some outdoor concerts you've been to? Um, I've been to a lot of festivals. Mm-hmm. I went to a festival last year. It was, uh, Willie Nelson and, uh, Neil Young and Promise of the Real. That was a fun one in, okay. in New York. Stagecoach, which is a weekend after Coachella. Sure. That's a fun outdoor. It's got three different stages. That's mm-hmm. another thing about an outdoor concert. A lot of times you get multiple stages. Uh, you know, things from the big stuff like that down to LA County Fair has a stage with, you know, a different rotation of bands playing all day. What about yeah, you? It, it's hard to judge. So here's some outdoor concerts I've been to. Mm-hmm. I've seen at the state fair. I saw Jennifer and I saw Weird Al Yankovic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went and saw Dolly at the mm-hmm. Hollywood Bowl. I mean, so far you've got concert. you've got two of the people in my Spotify heavy rotation. But I mean, look, if they were indoors, it would have been just as great right. a concert. Um, other outdoor festivals I've been to. I went to Lollapalooza in '94. I went to Lilith Fair in 1997 or 98. I went to Lilith Fair in 98. There you go. Was that yeah. the one where Missy Elliott was on the tour? Uh, no. Maybe I didn't go in 98. Then I, maybe you went in 98 and I went in 97. Right on. It was a great tour, um, though. And then one of my favorite concerts I've ever been to, mm-hmm. with all that aside, and I've seen, and, and at Lollapalooza, I got to see the Beastie Boys and Smashing Pumpkins before they had figured out how to perform live. People walked out on them, including <laughs> me. I saw James Taylor. When he was touring his album Hourglass in 1998, that was my birthday gift to my mother. Was we went? I bought her tickets and we went together, and it was a great, great concert. Not only is he a very gifted musician, but just really good rapport with the audience, and everybody was having a good time. That was like the he was in like a band shell, and we had a roof over our heads. Like I paid, I really sprung. I used that camp counselor money I was making. Yeah. To really treat my mother. Oh, to that's sweet. Ticket. You mentioned that band shell overhead. I should also yeah. mention that my absolute favorite place in Los Angeles is the Hollywood Bowl. It's great. And the Hollywood Bowl is a perfect outdoor venue. I go as many times as I can every summer. This summer, they, they always do a musical. This summer, they did Into the Woods, and it was amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Now, so that's the pros. What are the cons of an outdoor concert? It's dirty. Uh, sometimes if it's like a one with a lawn or, well, wait, know, we don't, do we really talk about pros? I mean, I guess the other pro is I, which you pointed out. I just want to reiterate is being able to walk away from the music and take a break. Yeah. There. Yeah. It's the mobility is great, but you're still, you still feel like you're there mm-hmm. when you enter a concourse in most places. And it depends. Stadium, uh, stadium type, uh, indoor stadium or arena type shows mm-hmm. are different than intimate theater shows. Like seeing Ben Folds mm-hmm. in a theater is kind of different because you can move around within the building, but you're still there. But I think an indoor concert does feel more like a, like a singular experience. I agree. Because the artist has more control. And this is a, a con for an outdoor concert and a, Conversely, a pro for an indoor concert is the artist has more control of things like little things like the fog machine, the lights, the projections. Mm-hmm. There can be more spectacle added to a show. Like I just saw Jabberwockies uh, in an indoor arena and they have like this crazy laser light show that they do. And that wouldn't be possible really in an outdoor venue. You can do a little of that. I mean, Weird Al had a screen up when he performed mm-hmm. and it it didn't feel like he had sacrificed any spectacle. Yeah. The other thing is that an indoor concert will not be canceled due to weather. Yeah, that's true. 
that is that is just a pro. I don't think it's a deciding thing. No, it's it's a, it's also a rarity for us because it rarely the weather rarely changes here. Sure, sure. But if it has been raining and then you mm-hmm. show up to an outdoor concert, it's filthy and muddy. Some people don't care. It bothers me. Yeah, it's just annoying to walk around in. I think. Okay, so let's see if there are any. I, I say we can weigh pros and cons of both, but I guess we've just weighed them as topics and yeah. uh, looking back and forth. But it, it really seems in this brief discussion about it, this could have been a whole episode, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like there are way more, uh, way more benefits to an outdoor concert than an indoor concert. Yeah, go to an outdoor concert, have a nice experience yeah. out there, and and enjoy something. It feels more unique than sitting in the same bowl you could sit in. Yeah. I, uh, almost anywhere. I, and I, I, but I do love all different size concerts indoors from stadium shows. I saw Bruce Springsteen a couple of years ago at the LA, uh, auditorium, no, LA Coliseum before they tore mm-hmm. it down. Not the LA Coliseum. What was that place called? The Civic Forum? Auditorium? The Forum? No, it was, it was somewhere. It was the venue downtown that Bruce Springsteen referred to as the dump that jumps. But it was amazing. It was just, it was one of those, one of those life changing experiences to see the boss live. Yeah. And I love seeing shows at Largo and at Dynasty Typewriter. I've seen concerts there and the Troubadour and all these great rock and roll venues in Los Angeles. Sure. That said, there's, there's something really special about it just being outdoors for a show. Yeah. The only, uh, the other drawback to an outdoor concert. And mm-hmm. this is some outdoor concerts, not all. The ones that are in like the Hollywood Bowl, of course, you have a place to sit down. Mm-hmm. But other ones like Lollapalooza or Lilith Fair, bring a blanket or some towels and yeah. find some ground that you're going to sit on, which is not the most ideal. Right. Like it's, th- I think the novelty of that wears off in very short order. That's fair. But conversely, in an outdoor setting like that, if you are bringing a blanket and sitting out on the lawn, you can usually bring a picnic of sorts. That is true. You can bring um, some food. Yeah, so I think Not it's always. outdoors. All right, fine. Asked and answered. I'll take it. Let's do this. All right. This is uh before halftime, before intermission. Mm-hmm. This is from Sean, which I wrote in all caps. I don't think it was sent in all caps, but Sean. Sean! Asks, is Tim Burton's A Nightmare Before Christmas a Christmas movie or a Halloween movie? <sighs> I think, for me, it's a Halloween movie. That's my first gut reaction. A, because it just feels like one because the main character, it's, he's from Halloween town. Halloween town is the central focus. Christmas town is not home. Halloween town is home. And also because there's not a lot of Halloween movies. It's kind of that and hocus pocus. If you want to have a, and Halloween, uh, if, but if you want to have like a every family ever made, well, yeah, no, I'm saying if you want to have like a for kids, family friendly, like, Halloween movie watch. That feels like one to me. Hocus Pocus, Nightmare Before Christmas, you're, uh, The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. That sort of, to me, was like childhood Halloween movies. What about you? I think that it is a... <laughs> I think it's a Christmas movie. I think Halloween is the setting, and there's so much about it that is Halloween. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, isn't it about him falling in love with Christmas and kidnapping Santa because he thinks he can do it better himself. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the movie, what happens? You tell me. Santa makes it snow in Halloween Town. In where? They they in in Halloween Town. Yeah, which makes it a Halloween movie. That's where you know what set. I feel like. Let me ask you this, Hal. Is is this a binary question? 
I think it, I think we have to look at it has elements of both. And that's the thing. Is it because that's the thing? I feel like the actual honest, true answer is it is both. It is what, what Disneyland does, uh, at, with the haunted mansion every year, creating the haunted mansion holiday, which I guess leads it more to be a Christmas thing because they do it for the holidays, but they start it in October. Then sure. it is, it is a, it's there. It's like, what would happen if, if these monsters, Mm-hmm. If the king of Halloween Town, mm-hmm. Halloween Town, he's not the king of monsters. He's the pumpkin king. Right. No, Godzilla's king of the monsters. Correct. We all know that. Yeah. What if he fell in love with Christmas and tried to make it, but he, he can't? It's a little bit of it is we can't break out of who we are. Let's be the best version of ourselves because he's kind of bored with Halloween. Mm-hmm. So he wants something new. And in the end, he discovers he's best at what he loves, which is, which is Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. But isn't that also a Christmas story? That it's deep within you all along, and it takes Christmas to teach him to love what he has. I think a lot of it is inherently a Christmas type movie, but done in in that sort of Tim Burton macabre yeah, kind of in the way, way that only Tim Burton can do. In that he made a Christmas movie that's about Halloween. Yes, exactly. I think it is a Christmas movie that is about Halloween. Yeah, I like that. I will, uh, especially also because now that I'm thinking about it, I want to look and see when they post it, like what the timing is for it. Right. You know, I'm looking right now. And it looks like Disney considers the Haunted Mansion holiday, which is the overlay that they do with Nightmare Before Christmas. They consider that a Christmas attraction. Sure. I mean, it's put in place now where it's it's Halloween. It's the perfect thing that bridges the two. It is about Halloween, but it's a Christmas movie. It's a, yeah, it's a Christmas movie about Halloween. Surprise. Look at that. You may have your own feelings about it, but we've answered it. Yeah. So there you go. Asked and answered. Asked and answered. Let's take a quick break. Okay. And let's clean the slate of not having ads. Ooh. And throw a couple in for some of our favorite Maximum Fun podcasts. Give a Sounds listen. good. We'll be right back. We are so thrilled at your interest in attending Hieronymus Wiggenstaff's School for Heroism and Villainy. Wiggenstaff's beautiful campus boasts state-of-the-art facilities and instructors with real-world experience. We are also proud to say that our alumni have gone on to be professional heroes and villains in the most renowned kingdoms in the world. But of course, you are not applying to the main school, are you? You're applying for our sidekick and henchperson annex. You will still benefit from the school's amazing campus, and you'll have a lifetime of steady employment. Of course, there's no guarantee how long that lifetime will be. Join the McElroys as they return to Dungeons & Dragons with The Adventure Zone Graduation every other Thursday on Maximum Fun or wherever podcasts are found. Macho man to the top rope. The flying elbow. The cover. We've got a new champion. We're here with Macho Man Randy Savage after his big win to become the new world champion. What are you going to do now, Match? I'm going to go listen to the newest episode of the Tights and Fights podcast. Oh, yeah. Tell us more about this podcast. It's the podcast of power. Too sweet to be sour. Funky like a monkey. Woke discussions, man. And jokes about wrestlers' fashion choices. Myself excluded. Yeah. I can't wait to listen. Neither can I. You can find it Thursdays on Maximum Fun. Oh, yeah. Dig it. All right. And we're back. All right. Four down, four to go. Let's do this. Ben Ski. Ben Ski. No. It's Comrade Ben Ski. No, stop it. It's two. 
It's Bensky. What is, what is question, Comrade Bensky? <sighs> Comrade Bensky wants to know chopped versus wedge salad. Man. Come on, Bensky. A chopped salad is clearly the superior salad. Yeah, I mean, how often I hate, like, I think the first time I ever got, I love Caesar salad. Mm-hmm. And the first time I ever got it where they were like, here's an entire romaine plant. <laughs> we just drizzled some, so we washed it off. We got the roots out of there and we drizzled our Caesar dressing, which is very nice on it. And because it's a very good dressing, we didn't give you enough. And now you figure out how to eat it. Yeah. That's what a wedge salad is to me. It's like, it's a salad that's pretending to be a steak. Yeah. It's just like a, a big hunk of iceberg, usually, isn't it? Do you do, have, I haven't seen it yeah. as romaine. I've seen, yeah, big, big iceberg or a whole romaine leaf. The wedge is a wedge of, of iceberg, but they're yeah. similar salad. I'm saying it's a similar idea. Similar salad, of, yeah. Of you do have this. to chop it up. You, what are you supposed to do? Pick it up with your hands and eat it like it's a piece of watermelon? Yeah. And the wedge salad is. Can you, can I do that? I, I don't know how. Could I go to a restaurant and get a wedge salad and ask them to chop it up? No. And eat it like like it's a, like I'm eating like when I have a slice of watermelon. Can Just like I hold it up. You mean put your hands behind your back and bury your face in it so you can be the first one done? Yeah. Can yeah. I do that in a restaurant? Would that be <laughs> weird? And then if they come over and say, you know, people are complaining, sir. So well, you served it to me like this. Yeah. Clearly this is how you want me to eat it. Yeah. You want- you, why on earth would you give me a prudential mountain rock of Gibraltar sized piece of, of salad, one salad chunk? Yeah. That I have to chop up. And there's very little choice involved in a wedge salad. It is yeah. a big old hunk of lettuce mm-hmm. with blue cheese dressing drizzled on top. Yeah. You know what it feels like? It feels like to me the wedge salad is hearkening back to the Mad Men days when lunch was a cigar, a whiskey, and a giant steak. And someone was like, oh, you should have a salad with this. And they were like, What? All right, yeah. fine. Bring me a salad that looks like a steak, just a big hunk of lettuce, because guess what? I am not going to eat it anyway. Yeah. Meanwhile, the kids like you we want the kids to eat healthy. Here's a pork and liver mold with, yeah. olive, with <laughs> olives on top of it as a garnish because yeah. we'll throw anything in a bunt cake mold. <laughs> we can just press a bunch of hot dogs and get some of that jello that won earlier. You know what? We could even get the pudding that lost earlier and put it in the bunt cake mold and you'll sit there and eat it. With the family eating giant steaks, and it's still better than a dumb wedge salad. I was looking at like retro Christmas foods today, uh-huh. and I found one because you're you, because I'm me, and I found a shrimp tree. Have you ever seen that? Uh, no, I've not seen a shrimp tree. You take paper and you staple it together into a cone, and then you put a bunch of parsley on it, and then you hang like shrimp cocktail. You hang shrimp on it. So it's, does it's it do just you a like shrimp cone? Do you cut a bunch of holes in it? No. They're just sitting on there. How do you, how do you, but won't they just slide down the cone? I don't know how they hang them on there. There are a lot of unanswered questions from the picture, but you can tell it's one of those where you can tell by that it's like one of the first pictures ever taken in color. <laughs> like that's how old it was and yeah. that it was an idea. That's the wedge salad feels like that. Yeah. Like that same, that madman era. Like this is what we did back then. We didn't really know any better. We put mayonnaise on and in everything. Yeah. And I imagine that like, that, that it does it does seem like mayonnaise would be the proper topping for the salad that nobody wants anyway. Exactly. Like, of course, you could make that the dressing. <laughs> yeah, because that's that stuff that they would come up with in the middle of the century. Now they came up with some good stuff in the middle of the century. They did come up with uh, Watergate salad and br- they called it Watergate salad, I think, in the craft mm-hmm. book or whatever. But 
ambrosia salad is kind of the same where it's just it marshmallows and pistachio pudding and you know and, orange in it yeah Mandarin and uh, slices and dishes named after people steak diane and uh crab louis all those mid-century dishes there's some fantastic stuff in there the mm-hmm. garbage wedge salad is not one of them yeah it's a chopped salad. It's a chopped uh, salad all, can be anything. Yeah. You can, it's delicious. It's all the work is done. And guess what? The wedge is going to be chopped anyway. You're going to yeah. eat a chopped salad. You just make it. You're just doing more work. Yeah. We're just, uh, uh, the, you know what the, you know why the wedge salad is the wedge salad? Because the chef knows that nobody's going to eat it anyway. So they just, uh, they're like, well, I'm going to put the minimal amount of work into this. Also, like, think of it from a, a business standpoint. You get one, like, 10 cent head of lettuce. Who knows what mm-hmm. you're getting it for for bulk? That's four salads. Yeah. Yeah. That's four salads. Ugh. Garbage. Chopped salad. Chopped answer. salad. How dare you, Ben? <laughs> Paul Shepard asks, best artificial fruit flavor. Ooh. I made that noise like I was surprised, but I picked this one and put it on the list, and yet I was still in the moment surprised. <laughs> oh no, you ruined it! What you said? You said you picked it. People will be able to guess that one now. I think it depends for me on what the candy is. There's going to be one that crosses barriers, but some are specific to certain candies, like runts. I love the little banana runts. But banana's well, that, a tough one to get right. And that, the funny thing is that artificial flavor is actually based on the flavor of a real banana. Mm-hmm. The the Gros Michel, which is also which means Fat Michael in French. What is a Gros Michel? Gros Michel was a was a type of banana mm-hmm. that was grown that was really prevalent that doesn't really exist as much anymore. That is the flavor. Uh, that is what those bananas taste like. They're, really, they're supposed to be those bananas particularly. Huh. Who knew? I mean, you just now, but that's right. Who knew? Um, rare plants now. So that's a good one. As far as like ones that cross all boundaries, grape. Grape is pretty great. I love grape. I love strawberry. Grape. Also, strawberry. Very good. I like cherry. Has always been my number one personally. Cherry's decent, but when you taste an actual cherry, what are we going for? Are we going for the one that is the closest? To to the flavor it's trying to emulate, or just the best tasting one. Ah, see, that's tough because I think because cherry doesn't that, taste like a cherry at all. No, and watermelon candy does not taste like watermelon at oh, all. It's so good, but it's so good. But I think that I think that to be fair to the fruit, uh, I think we should pick one that is at least trying to emulate its fruit counterpart. Now, uh, that said, part of it for me. I go back and I look at the original fruit flavors of a bowl of Fruit Loops. And I think the three stars or th- two of the three stars for me are in that. And I'm talking the original, not once they added multiple new colors and all this. When I was a kid, that now I sound like old man me again. Yeah. When I was a kid, there there were three flavors. It was mm-hmm. uh cherry, orange, and lemon, I think. There was a red one, an orange one, and a yellow one. And that was uh-huh. it. And for me, I think two of the three are in there. And that is orange because it tastes like it is. It's ubiquitous. It's very tasty. And it's always, you know, it's got a good spot in the batting order. Mm-hmm. I also think that lemon is a great one. I will seed your point about cherry. And I would say that the top three for me are orange, lemon, and strawberry. I would probably go orange. I would probably pick those as my top three also. And of those... Yeah, because I love and you can get like fruit slices, you know, those gummy fruit slices. Yeah. 
a lot of places they're just orange slices, but mm-hmm. you know, you can get multiple flavors, but the orange slices are the best ones. I love orange candy. I do I love, love I do love lollipop. orange orange flavored. That's the one that yeah, like I guess the question is what do you reach for? I reach for orange. an orange lollipop. I reach I for an for orange, orange lifesaver. Yeah, give me that orange. I think it's the orange, man. It is the orange. Asked and answered. Asked and answered. We got it. We got two more. Two more. Let's do this. All right. We apologize that this is a short episode, but you've got stuff to do. We don't apologize. I know. I feel bad. I feel bad when they're short sometimes. No, don't feel bad. I know. You're also the one who's like, can we, we gotta be pretty quick about this. (laughs) I got somewhere to be. Yeah, but we kept screwing, we kept (laughs) screwing up and having to re-record. Well, it's fine. It is what it is. Yeah, you know. Amy Schneider wants to know the best way to sleep. In a bed. (laughs) I'm just kidding. All right. The big three are side, stomach, back, right? The only three. I mean, maybe you sleep standing up. Some people hang like a bat. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what it is for me. Okay. It's side because sleeping on my back, snore central. Sure. Yeah. Doesn't bother me. I'm sleeping, but it's bothered others. Yeah. Same here. Cannot sleep on my back. I cannot get comfortable on my stomach. Stomach sleeping is weird. Like you have to turn your head to the side. You do. And also it's so like, I feel bad for stomach sleeping sometimes because it does not get, <laughs> it does not get the respect it deserves. Cause I, I, within the last few months have bought a mattress and uh-huh. in searching for the mattress, it always asks, are you a side sleeper or a back sleeper? And I'm like, there are stomach sleepers out there, man. Why are you, why are you? Not giving the stomach sleeper the respect. I guess is that the same like sleep wise as a back sli- or as a back sleeper? Why don't you go and next time you go looking at just go into a mattress store and uh-huh. say, I'm a stomach sleeper. What should I sleep on? And see, you know they, what they'll say? What? They'll say, get out of my store. Yeah. They'll kick you out. Yeah. They let you divergent. They'll say, Oh, we have a massage table. You want to sleep on that? Yeah. You know you what? I would sleep on a massage table. Pillow? Jennifer sleeps on her stomach sometimes. Yeah. I sleep on but my stomach sometimes. Like, it looks like somebody knocked her out. Like somebody yeah. <laughs> punched her and she spun around and then fell out and then was laying there with her head to the side, knocked out. Like a, like, it looks like a knocked out boxer. That's, so stomach is out. Sorry, stomach. We tried to show you respect, but you don't deserve it. I'm, I also like a side sleeper, although it's hard to pick. I feel like side sleeper, you move a lot more. Mm-hmm. I settle on one side, then I'm uncomfortable. I switch to the other side. But I, I'm definitely a side sleeper personally. I try to be a side sleeper because I know that I snore if I'm not. I like the feeling of my back when I'm sleeping on my back. But also, there are two lovely ways to sleep. And I mean sleep, not like mm-hmm. sleep with a person, but like actually sleep with a person. Okay. And that's the uh, the classic spooning, which both people are on their side. Yeah. And the uh, laying on the chest, which one person is basically on their side. Yeah. So in three out of four sleeping positions with another person in the room. Side sleeping. It's side sleeping. Yeah. I agree with you. It is side sleeping. All right. Asked and answered. Asked and answered. Thank you, Amy. Thanks, Amy. All right. One last one. One last one. Let's do this. I realize that now I've just repeated what you've said like three times in a row. <laughs> Thanks, Amy. Thanks, Amy. Last one. Last one. I'm so glad that you're the uh the little dog to my spike, the bulldog. <laughs> Hey Spike, keep... where are we going, Spike? What do you want to do, Spike? <laughs> you want to th- you want to throw this ball around? Nah. Yeah, we don't want to do throw that. a ball around. We don't want to throw a ball around. <laughs> That's dumb. 
Okay, Bryce asks, sitting or standing? <laughs> I wonder who. <laughs> let me think. Who could have? Who could have picked this? Hmm. So let me start with my argument is going to sound ableist, and I don't mean for it to. So this is for people who don't have the choice. You do you, and we've got your back. That said, you can only move forward if you're standing up. Right? Like standing up is the, is the. That's not stand. This is, moving. This, that's moving. It's, but you it's, can't take that into it. What's better? Standing but there is a, there is a, there's a kinetic down. energy in standing up. I like the energy of standing up. You know, like when someone's giving an impassioned speech, the part that's most passionate, they stand up for. Uh huh. You know what I mean? Uh huh. Also, it's like, a body at rest will stay at rest, and I find sometimes oh, if I sit Lord. on a super comfy couch, I will not get up for a while. So, and so I have it's stuff sitting? to do. No, it's clearly standing. No, it's not. Oh, what is wrong with you? Standing is weird. standing is better for your body. It your your skeleton is aligned. Standing up once in a while is good for you. Once in a Spending while, all day standing. I think I mean, it's it's on. probably healthier to spend your day standing than sitting. I don't, well, maybe. <laughs> I, don't I think standing, standing is alert. It's ready for all things. It's spry. It's let's, I feel like standing is let's live life. When you're at Disneyland, mm-hmm. when you're doing all the fun stuff at the park, what are you doing? Um, all right. When well, you're, you're riding, sitting. when you're waiting to get in, to the ride and just seconds are ticking off of your life. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? What percentage of your life are you at Disneyland? Not as high a percentage as I wish. <laughs> I wish I was there. Right. I wish, I wish I was do recording this from inside smugglers run, but not even the, co- well, just a cockpit. They're not using. I just want to sit in the millennium Falcon cockpit and talk. That's all. I don't, I don't need the ride. I've How? done it enough. How standing up is, it's better for your health. It's better for your skeleton and your alignment. It's more active. It's more engaged with the world. It's where passion shows itself. Come on, man. This is a pretty easy one. All of my favorite things to do (laughs) from a recreational standpoint involve sitting. I like playing video games. I like watching uh, television and movies. I enjoy playing board games. And mm-hmm. tabletop gaming and role playing with my friends. Those are all sitting down activities. Yeah. Uh, what else do I enjoy? Barca loungers. But the, I like those. <laughs> but there's That's a the kinetic energy to being on your feet. Yeah. For me, the reason why I don't like it also is I have flat feet. So if I stand for too long, my feet start to hurt like really badly. It gets very uncomfortable. Um, my desk at work is a standing desk, so I can mm-hmm. make it. Convert it to a standing desk. What percentage of your day do you use it as a standing desk? Zero percent. <laughs> Zero. I've tried it twice and gone. This is too painful. And it's uncomfortable in a weird way to work. I'm not used to standing and typing. That's a sitting activity. See, I like standing and typing and I will frequently just like set my computer on top of the record player in the living room because that's about that height and will stand and work. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because it, it just feels more alive. And isn't that what it's about? Feeling alive, Hal? You're saying that somebody who's sitting down doesn't feel like they're alive? 
I don't think if I'm sitting down, I don't feel as alive as if I'm standing up. That feels very, that feel, if you have the option. If you have the option, again, like I said, I don't want to sound ableist in all of this. It sounds very ableist. I get it, but you know, I, that's what I am. I'm an able-bodied person and I'm grateful for it. And She's saying if you, so we're, what we're to be clarify, if you have the option between sitting and standing, standing, laying down. <laughs> oh, could you imagine if like light, if I could just spend my whole life laying down? <laughs> no, I've, I've thought about, I, every time we record, I think about, all right, I've got a boom stand. My microphone's on a boom stand right now. I'm sitting on my couch recording this. Mm-hmm. What if I just laid down in bed? I could still point the mic at me. It'd be the same. How much more comfortable, how much better would it be if I did that? I get that it's not as much energy. There is like a get, you know, get on your feet, move mm-hmm. around energy to it. I just enjoy. I also feel like sitting is more inviting. Let me just throw a few things out at you. You throw them. Standing lowers your risk of heart disease. Standing uh-huh. lowers your risk of type 2 diabetes. Mm-hmm. Standing lowers your long-term mortality risk. Standing mm-hmm. reduces the risks of cancer. Standing can help or ease chronic back pain. Standing helps increase energy levels and improve mood. That's a big one. Standing while working boosts productivity. And standing while working helps tone muscles. When... Did you jump into the pocket of big standing? I'm just saying it's, it seems health wise. And look, I just turned 40. I'm thinking about these things now for once. Man, I've been 40. It's fine. <laughs> Hal, come on. The rise up, my brother. Rise I'm up. Curious just before. Hold on. Hey, Jennifer. Can you come here for just a second? I will let this. I'm going to see what she says. <laughs> okay. I want. I'm very curious. Well, my darling wife, who I love so much, are you outsourcing your decision making? I'm not outsourcing. I just when was the last time know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg asked her husband to weigh Because you these arguments, in. and I feel like I'm crazy. I, I feel like crazy. I'm an insane. I feel like I've, I've like I've lost my mind. Why do you feel like you're an insane? And I person? want to speak to a rational person whose opinion I trust 100. percent Jennifer. Oh, oh. We are just we are on our last topic of this clean slate. We are trying to decide whether sitting is better than standing. Can you answer? Can you give me your thoughts? Hold on, I'm going to turn the mic over to you. Hello, everybody. Hi, Jen. I think it depends on what you're doing. <laughs> Whether sitting or standing is better. (laughs) It's definitely a good idea for your health to do a lot of standing and walking and to get up during the day and do some walking around, especially if you work at a desk or you work in a chair or you work at a table or you work on the couch. (laughs) You know, if you are able, then hop on up and Stand up. Thank you, Jen. Well, this was a real bummer for me. <laughs> Fine, it's standing. I love you, Jennifer. Thank I love you. you too, Jennifer. All right, she solved it all. That's, That's it. Right. It is. It is. If you are able to stand, stand. If not, do you? That's yeah, there right. is no REM song called "Sit in the Place Where You Are." <laughs> now record yeah. a podcast. That famous movie is not called "Sit and Deliver." <laughs> I wish it was. Yeah, I'm teaching no, you to be casual it's not, about it's not. calculus. Get down, sit down. 
Sit down for your rights. All right, fine. <laughs> fine, fine. Standing wins, asked and answered. That is it. This this slate is clean, Mark. You can travel abroad. Clean slate. For your work. For this your is business. good because I had this slate, but I'm only allowed to bring so much into Canada. Yeah. So got to clear it off. Now Thank you can God. go to Canada. Yeah. We'll record more when you're there. I love that. I'm going to miss you very much. I'm going to miss you too, brother. It's very difficult. By the way, somebody sent us, uh, Kristen Kelly sent us a big box of Jelly Bellies. Ooh. All these different flavors that I've not opened yet. And I was going to bring it tonight to record with you. And then I didn't come up there. So, um, you know what? I'll give you my address in Canada. Uh huh. Yeah. I'll definitely send them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely going to, definitely going to ship those to you. I'll get right on it. Well, brother, I'm going to miss you. I will miss you too, but we will continue to record. That's right. We will not miss a week. We haven't done it yet, and we will not, and we're we're still going to have guests. We're going to do it all. That's right. see? No difference in service to you. So if you would like to hear your topic on a clean slate or a full episode, there are many more topics out there for us to discuss. And you can send your topics to us on Twitter at WeGotThisTweets or check out the Maximum Fun subreddit or you can email us at WeGotThisPodcast at gmail.com or go to our Facebook group. We get a lot of great topics on there, some of which you have heard on this very show. We mention it every time we do. That's at Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash WeGotThisPodcast. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer Uri Kelman and QA engineer Jen Alba. And thanks, of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman, for our score and theme song, respectively. And thanks to you, our listeners, for giving us a chance every week to sit down or, you know what, stand up and talk about the things that are important to you. We don't stand up. We always sit. For Hal Loveland, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Loveland. And don't worry, everybody. We We got got this. this. We got this. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.